Oh, it's a beautiful contrast. There's people marching for life. Uh, there's people marching for medical freedom and the party's doing everything they can to take the medical freedom people and turn them into science deniers at the same time as people who are marching for life saying life begins sometime and it can't begin without conception. They're also science deniers. See, this sort of arrogance, I mean, this is from the top to the bottom, all the way down to a school board member who says, not a work for you. In fact, you're all just a bunch of morons. Collective intelligence of a group of morons. This is a school board member. This stuff is taught and modeled. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And there are people today, as I record this, uh, in Washington, D.C., marching both for life and for medical freedom. And please don't come and say that this is a self-defeating argument. There's people on Twitter who are saying that, oh, you're, you're for medical freedom, but, but not when it comes to a woman's right to choose. I, I'm, I'm really tired of that little canard. And I'll say it one more time because sometimes things bear repeating. The, the series of choices people have um, in regards to sexual intimacy are boundless. The only time that I have a moral uh, sickness around my pro-life opinion, it's not a moral sickness, but a, a quandary. I, I have understanding you know, that people who have been raped People, women who've been raped. I mean, men get raped too, but they don't get pregnant. Men can't get pregnant. It's never happened, never will. Um, that women who've been raped or girls who have been um, incestually raped, I fully understand the point of view of, I, I shouldn't have to do this. And I believe for me, you got to go to God on that. And you got to go to the Lord and say, it says thou shalt not murder. And man, that's... For people who say that's a simple choice, well, it's not. And I, I, have, uh, I have two friends, one who was raped by her husband as they were breaking up and, and the, the marriage was dissolving and he raped her and she got pregnant and she kept the baby. And she's very glad she did. Another, I don't know, well, we're friends. We just haven't seen each other in 10 years. Nothing to keep us from being friends who was raped by a, by a legitimate kind of stranger, the guy she used to pass by in this apartment building and he raped her and she got pregnant and she carried her baby. Um, and she will never, the, the child will never know this. Um, but there's, she still deals with the, my, what would my life have been without this? And she's deeply grateful for her child. Uh, but she's also left forever wandering. But aside from wondering what would have been, but aside from that, the, the choices one has in sexuality or sexual relationships are vast and many. You could choose to be a single person involved in holy sexuality. That's a phrase that a guy named Christopher Juan, Yuan, um, created and popularized. I don't know that he created, but he popularized it. And that is, look, if you're single and the Lord has, has decided that you are to be a single person, well, then the, the Bible would indicate that you're not to be involved sexually. And not everybody is. Um, and likewise, you know, you can live life as saying, Hey, I'm not married yet. And, and you don't have to be sexual. You can date and not be sexual. You can, you, you can be in a relationship and not be sexual. If you don't believe the, the biblical word about, about marriage and sexuality, that is that, uh, that's to be kept between married people. You don't believe that. Well, you can, you can use prophylactics. You can get operations. You can do a whole bunch of things that don't involve the taking of a life. And so that idea that this is the only choice, it's nonsense and it's meant to be nonsense. And it's just more of the party's arrogance and watching how they treat the March for life is watching how they treat the March for medical freedom. See, you're not taking anybody's medical freedom when you say you don't get to kill another person. 
That's not taking medical freedom. That's saying you had a whole bunch of freedoms and you, you, you irresponsibly used them. You irresponsibly used them because your fleshly desire was you decided you've been told by society. If something feels good, you should do it every day, multiple times a day with as many people as possible because, hey, it feels good. So watching this, this is the Philadelphia Inquirer and how they are treating the March for Freedom or medical freedom. Anti-vaccine activists reveling in their pandemic shushes will rally in D.C. against mandates. There's a whole bunch of people there who are actually in favor of vaccines, just a whole bunch of them. There's people there who have invented vaccines, actual vaccines. But this is just the more, the the further they twist this, the more it becomes obvious. They know they're twisting it. And in every capacity, the party does this. From the KGB tactics of this supposed Jan 6 committee, um, to all the way down to this bloated arrogance of a school board bully. I can't believe what I'm reading in this op-ed this guy's in a school board put out. But this stuff is learned and modeled. It was modeled and learned. I should say it the right way. It's also something against which we must guard our hearts. We must guard our hearts against a sort of haughty pride or even sneaky pride that's, that is, in fact, I think harder to fight than, than haughty pride. But we need to guard our hearts against this, even as we criticize it in the school board member. So it's top to bottom. What they're showing, in my judgment, is that they have been modeled. The behavior that's been modeled is you hate the people you rule over. And I am stunned and sad to say we're dealing with the same thing in Kootenai County, Idaho where the county commission has decided to adopt a czar position. And 90% of the people in the room are against this. 90% of Kootenai County voters are against this, those that know about it. And the Kootenai County Council doesn't care because this behavior has been modeled. It's been shown that, look, these idiots who come and speak in front of you, they're, too, they're, they're, they're the, the thumb-sucking thumb basement-dwelling morons. That's what's been modeled. And this is how the party views us. And at the same time, they go engage in such obvious and incredible evil that that's beginning to come out later this week. I'm going to go through this change, this miraculous change that the party is undergoing, that liberals are all of a sudden saying, wow, these lockdowns, man, that was, that was a terrible idea. And, and, uh, but they're doing this. We didn't have, we didn't have the data two years ago to know cloth masks didn't work. I did. How is it that I had that data? The CDC did. The World Health Organization did. The mask makers themselves did. But, oh, you didn't? know. you didn't want to see that data. So later this week, uh, we're going to talk about this, this, this very careful turn we knew was coming. I said that the, I, <laughs> there's conservatives in media who they're doing a very careful, very, very methodical, triangulated turn to say, oh, yeah, it's, oh, I was always against those injections. They'll get there. You watch. They'll get there. Oh, but now the data makes clear. Now, does it? Ha! Didn't I just say, be careful about haughty pride? Wow. Or sneaky pride. You know what just got into my head? Yeah, good job, Herman. You're all over that. How about thank you, Lord, for peeling the scales away from my eyes? It's, it's a tough habit. It's and no, and, and look, it's tough. It's it's tough to guard against the sneaky pride because the haughty pride—that's obvious. It really is. Listen to this note. This is a Pennsylvania school board member. His name is Richard Robinson, York Suburban School Board. This is a trained response, a modeled response to voters. This is now, this is bottom of the food chain. It's technically speaking. I think that the school boards are the most important, which is why I've been talking about them for two years, which is why this guy is very upset that people like me alerted voters to how they were perverting children. And he's really upset that parents are showing up. Listen to this note. It is a requirement of local school boards to provide opportunities for public comment. This gives residents of a school district a chance to vent their spleens 
about exorbitant taxes or demand subjects be taught properly the way they were during the most frigid periods of the Cold War. In the past, more than not, more often than not, nobody showed up. He probably talks more like this. These days, as social media outlets and national news broadcasts and local newspapers tell us school boards are now the battleground in the fight for America's future. Some members of my community appear to interpret this as part of a board meeting as the occasion to tell board members why they have the collecting intelligence of a village idiot and how the school district ought to be addressing real problems. When when the school board does not fall in line with each and every of their demands, we're accused of ignoring the thoughtful, unbiased, sincere, and righteous ultimatums of our community. For this reason, my comments are not coming from a school board member, but rather as a member of my community who serves on a school board. Sorry, that's kind of annoying to hear a person talk that way. Let me just go through his reasoned thoughts here. This is this guy from York School Board in uh, Pennsylvania, Richard Robinson. Number one, he says, with respect to the men and women who snarl, I'm a taxpayer, you work for me. No, I don't work for you. I was elected by people who voted to represent you. The, what? I was elected by people who voted, oh, this should read, for me to represent you. It's not the same thing. You may also be surprised to learn every member of a school board is a taxpayer too. I come from a long line of taxpaying men and women. All right, Richard, let me help you. A Republican form of democracy, sir, has the electorate turn to hire people, to hire you for a job. You are to oversee the schools on issues of performance and efficacy. That's what you're to do. You get paid for that, I'm sure. If you don't, you've volunteered for it. No difference. You do work for the taxpayer. You can color that up in this 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 arrogance and ignorance. I, I can't imagine where you think you've actually demonstrated the difference. It's no different than a board of directors hiring a chief executive or hiring a VP or being involved in the hiring of a VP. It is no different. We as a group of citizens hire you. You work for us. And that's something that you clearly have been modeled to not understand. His point number two, with due respect to the people who introduce themselves as doctors without mentioning their specialties or credentials and expect the pronouncement to be accepted as unimpeachable. When I have a toothache, I don't go to an oncologist. To me, the logical person to consult about a virus is a virologist. When a person introduces himself as a doctor, this education, training and experience matter to me. After all, Jack Kevorkian was a doctor. So this man is now saying, if you step before a school board meeting and you are um, a school board and you are someone who is a physician, you don't matter unless you are virologists because only virologists understand things like kids are not getting sick. Because only virologists who incidentally don't deal with taxpayers at all because they don't deal with taxpayer, I mean, with patients at all. That's virologists don't see patients. They, that includes kids. They don't see children, patients. They don't see adolescents. They don't see patients. Okay, so when a doctor comes to say to you, um, hey, kids are not getting sick from this, you need to listen to them. Furthermore, when the parents come and say, kids are not getting sick from this, they're right. But in point of fact, here's who you listen to to form your opinions. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no 
uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be an ICU unit and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. The booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. And, and yet we're told from this guy, uh, Richard Robinson, New York Suburban School Board, that um, that he's not going to listen to parents, but he'll listen to Gates. And we got to listen to virologists. Well, uh, you listen to Walensky and you listen to Fauci. You listen to how they changed to exactly what we told you on this program for two years. Well, on, on the radio program, now the podcast. Somehow for two years, I told everybody this garbage isn't going to stop the spread of the virus. How on earth did I know that, Richard Robinson? Because I read the Moderna and Pfizer filings where they said this doesn't stop transmission. Then I applied common sense, Richard Robinson. The gene therapies cause your body to produce a facsimile of part of the virus. Viruses are complex. By forcing your body to create a poison, that creates a whole other set of problems. The second part of that analysis is that the virus has other ways it can infect you, that you're creating a leaky virus. That's not that's not a hard bit of thinking, Richard. But then again, if I were to step before you to speak, you would simply say, I'm venting my spleen. Then there's this. He goes through pretending masks work, which, of course, is nonsense. He goes through and he says, don't parents always know what's best for a child? No, we don't. Nevertheless, if you're offended because they don't believe parents are infallible, you can always sue or take your child out of your school. Your choice. You know what? Richard, let me explain something to you. I know better what's good for my child than you who've never met her, ever. That's a fact. It's an inescapable fact. Parents who spend 14, 15, 16, 17 years with their kids know them better than you who spend an hour a day with them for a, you know, four months before you take your long breaks. That's an inescapable fact. But here's the money line in this from, from Richard. Finally, with all I'll read it. Finally, with all due respect to the charlatans who claim health and safety measures are responsible for destroying the mental health of children simply to justify their own social agenda, here the most divisive and vile of all. There are members of this community who tried to draw attention to the warning signs of increasing mental distress among our children long before you ever thought of mental health as a potential cudgel to listen to repeated distortions of the facts. Nauseating. Well, except for this. The medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous destruction of churches, gyms, 12-step meetings, in-person counseling, Group counseling, in-person therapy, group therapy, schools, face-to-face contact, playing in playgrounds, going to skateboard parks, is easily traced, Richard, to an explosion in teen suicides and suicide attempts. The biggest increase in history, son, And by the way, Richard, there's a lot of us who know a whole bunch 
about adolescent mental health and what the government schools have been doing for a decade to worsen it. Yeah, you can blame people like me for citizens being in your school board meetings because the Lord God Almighty gave me an opportunity to be on a national radio program radio program with my radio model and mentor, Rush Limbaugh, to help him and, and be there after he had passed and, and God rest him. Yeah, there's other people like me who've been talking about your school boards. It's a permanent situation now. And the people of York, Pennsylvania would be good to remember the name Richard Robinson and see that he never again works in any capacity in government ever. Now that's, that's from the school board to how they're treating the DC March for Freedom, medical freedom protesters. But it's the January 6th committee that's really gone mad as Alex Berenson described it. My friend Dave, the digital, has been helping small businesses, medium-sized businesses for decades in, in, in a lot of things. But primarily right now, there's a lot of people having problems with their Google search. If you search the name of your business on Google, do you like what's there? Do you like the position at which you come up? Do you want to give Google money to purchase an ad for your own business name to come up higher? No? Well, there is a process called SEM, Search Engine Marketing. And then that's where you pay money. That's where you, you, you write a check to the Goog. Then there's Search Engine Optimization, SEO. And this is where Dave the Digital at Greenhaven Interactive will optimize your search results. And so doing will also make your page more easily found. It will make more sense to the Google search engines and how they crawl sites, etc. That can be the difference between if someone's searching, let's say, auto parts, finding you or finding a competitor. If someone's searching for your business, finding you or someone who wants to hijack your business's name using search engine optimization. So Dave is a conservative Christian in an industry otherwise dominated by um, by leftists and atheist leftists. So you can go to greenhaveninteractive.com and make contact with Dave and he would just be so thrilled to help. He's done this with a bunch of our listeners now and this created very happy relationships. Two really important um, journalists, actual journalists, you know, with, and with, with, with the caveat that I remain really, really unsettled by how Alex Berenson attacked um, uh, Dr. Robert Malone um, because that, that was just, it was unsettling. That aside, Berenson calls out for a full read Glenn Greenwald's analysis of the so-called January 6th committee. The January 6th committee in Congress, as Glenn Greenwald points out, is operating in defiance of two McCarthy-era Supreme Court cases. Now, do you remember when the left that portion of the party used to scream bloody murder about McCarthyism. They did it again with Trump. They, they did it again when President Trump issued mean tweets about the media. It's, it's a new form of McCarthyism. And in fact, they, 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 had, they had a hyperbolic warnings ad nauseum. If the Democrats fail... It might be the end of American democracy. I think we're one election away from the end of American democracy. If they take over in 2022, that is the end of democracy and we're going to have authoritarianism. I hope that we can flip this and save democracy. If we can't, I got to, you know, I got to believe that fascism will take over in America and that will be the death of democracy. The potential death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy as we know it. This protest now is not simply about the death of George Floyd. It's about the death of American democracy, decency and humanity. I'm sad to say that it also can lead to the, uh, the diminishment of democracy if not its death. It almost feels like we are witnessing the, the death of democracy. Almost, doesn't it? Now, however, the January 6th committee in this piece, an important piece by Glenn Greenwald, which is in the podcast notes, points out that they have decided, along with J.P. Morgan Chase, that they can go and ask for and get your financial records without a court hearing. 
Adam Schiff and his dear, dear friend, Liz Cheney, she's a Republican, by the way, bipartisan commission. Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff, and they have decided they can go to your bank and say, please send us the financial records of, let's say, Wayne George. Listen to the program. So Wayne George, know this. The party has decided that they can go to your bank and say, Wayne George was in D.C. or near it or thought about going there or said something earlier about it or may have once may have once been alive on a January 6th. Therefore, we want his banking records. No subpoena. The, the McCarthy-era Supreme Court rulings on this make clear that, that the Congress doesn't get to do this to private citizens. Unless it's in pursuit of writing legislation to create laws. Pelosi, etc., have said, no, we can do whatever we want. One day we might create a law. Might, might get around to that one day. We're thinking about it. There might be a law. So they did this to an actual American citizen. They went after a guy's banking records because at one point he had something to do with President Trump. The guy's name is Taylor Budowich, former spokesperson for the Trump campaign who never worked for the U.S. government. Never a government employee. The, the so-called January 6th committee, which is in fact a outlaw Trump committee, which is a fact, uh, it, it's, you know what, it's just, it's, it's an acting group. They're, they're a theater troupe. They've requested, this is from Greenwald's writing, requested a wide range of documents as well as his deposition testimony. On December 14th, Budowich voluntarily complied by handing over a large amount of his personal records. And then on December 22, he flew to Washington at his own expense and submitted to questioning. There's no suggestion Budowich was engaged in any violence or any illegal acts at the Capitol on July 6th or January 6th. Their only interest in this private citizen is connection to the Trump campaign. His stated view that he believed the 2020 election was marred by fraud. So after he furnished the committee these documents, they decided we want more. So they go to J.P. Morgan Chase and say, we want his, his, his finance records. And his lawyer said, no, we're, we're going to object to that. So what they did was J.P. Morgan Chase said, yeah, we, 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 we'd like to give this to you. So they, they changed the timing. So it did eventually serve a subpoena on, on his bank. Eventually, they congressional subpoena. The original date for the bank to produce the records again from Greenwald was December 7th. But J.P. Morgan, advised by Loretta Lynch, remember her? She surprisingly ran into William Jefferson Blythe Clinton III on a runway. Perhaps Bill Clinton was on his way to see Jeffrey Epstein and rape some girls. But they had a visit. It was uh, just it's happenstantial that their private jets parked once against, uh, you know, up against one another. And this was at the time when they were investigating Hillary Clinton. Do you remember this? And the FBI was there, or the Secret Service was there, and came to people and said, you can't, you can't take pictures. You, a, an American citizen, are not allowed to take pictures of two private, well, no, not a private citizen, Lynch was working for the government, of a former president and a government employee who are, who are walking around in public. You don't get to do that. They tried to take people's cameras. Do you remember this? So Loretta Lynch is now advising J.P. Morgan Chase. So the bank requested that the deadline be extended until December 24th to turn over these records. Why? It's obvious. By, descend, by descending it to, to, to extending it to December 24th, they waited to tell Budowich, no, we're going to turn your records over. We're going to do that on December 24th. Why did they wait that long? Why not just instantly do it? Because J.P. Morgan Chase is playing a game. Because J.P. Morgan Chase is as mobbed up as any entity in the actors. Different stages. Pharma, media, tech, academia, deep state. I guess I'm going to have to start conclude a category for international finance. Although they own all. The, they're in pharma. They're in media. They're in tech. We do appreciate the ratings and the podcast. In fact, um, I had a great idea. Did I just say that? That's awfully arrogant. 
I had a great idea. I'm really smart. Um, I was thinking that we might take some of the some of the comments that people have left on the podcast. And I was talking, I'm going to talk to Dave and Julie about this. When people leave a rating and then a comment, um, I thought that we might start to put those on the T-shirts that we're having made. The we only take the knee. We, the only knee we take. How's it go? The only knee we take is to the Lord. Then on the back. The Todd Herman Show. Yeah. So the, the Todd Herman Show part's on the back. The only we knee we take to the Lord is on the front. We may do that. So if you want your comments included on some of the T-shirts we're going to make, go rate the podcast and, and leave a few words, particularly if you, you, you leave good words. We'd like, we'd like good words. So you can do that in any of the podcast platforms you're on. That does help protect the show against censorship. It truly does. So the, the reason that they did this, J.P. Morgan Chase, in cooperation with the Jan 6 committee, it's so-called, was so that they could go to Budowich and say, yeah, we're giving them your bank records. It's New Year's, it's, uh, it's Christmas Eve. Good luck finding a judge. Good luck. Well, he couldn't find the judge to issue an injunction because it was Christmas Eve and they knew that. Well, then, then once Nancy Pelosi and Schiff and their good, good friend Liz Cheney, because she's a Republican, this is a bipartisan effort. Once they got a hold of that data, his financial records from J.P. Morgan Chase. Do you have a Chase credit card? Do you bank at a Chase entity? Just, just food for thought. They, they'll give your, they'll give your information to the government, and they'll, they'll stick their fingers in your eye, doing it. So once they had this information, now Budush's attorneys went back to a judge and said, hey, this is wrong. Then the judge said, well, what do you think? Congress and Congress said, well, it's, it can't be helped now. Sorry, we have it. We get to read all his financial reports. He's not accused of any crime. He's not accused of any violence. He's not accused of any trespassing. He was a spokesperson for a president they hate. That's what's going on. He's a spokesperson for a president they hate. Period. That's what's going on. But what was it again? If the Democrats fail, it might be the end of American democracy. Oh, that's right. It's the end of democracy. Right? So, again, you go from top to bottom. The treatment of people simply marching to say, number one, please don't kill babies anymore or infants or, or, or zygots. In other words, don't, don't kill little babies that can't, can't defend themselves. Please stop. Please stop killing babies. A march against women's right to choose their own techniques and methods of protecting their bodies from parasites is under attack by a series of small group of right-wing radicals who claim that abortion ends life. Democrats say they're a clump of cells. And how they're treating the people who march for medical freedom. People opposed to stopping infectious disease beset Washington, D.C. with their plagued and vile breath spreading across the nation's capital a miasma of disease responsible, some say, for an increase in gun violence, climate change, and a shocking case of arrogance in Washington, D.C. I'm Grimace Stone. From the top to the bottom. And it's not just politics. Next hour, this same technique is what they're using to separate parents and children. The same technique. Same exact arrogance combined with ignorance. And just let's just, just go through and compare some things here. What we are going to see, and legal instruction points this out, and they're exactly right. What we're going to see, and we've been talking about this. The, 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 I should have recorded this thing. I did. I did. Wait, I did this. I got to see if I can find this, but it's it's the property of, of my former radio station, so I'll, I'll have to reproduce it or, or ask their permission to show it to you guys. I did a thing where I took the climate catastrophe hoax, and put it side by side with the COVID response hoax to an actual virus. And the fact is climate changes, it's called the weather. And over a long period of time, we call weather climate. To put them side by side and showed all they've done is taken the same scheme. Everybody's going to die. 
All the science is settled. The issue is your freedom. The cure is our authority. The same exact thing, the same exact scenario. They used even some of the same data modeling techniques, erasing scientific rigor. But what they did with the COVID hoax response is they compressed the timeline. Okay, like a good screenwriter, like a good creator of novels, they compressed this timeline. Then they created ambiguous enemies. As cases continue to surge, an invented phrase with a scary verb, it's surging. See, they could never say climate change is surging. They tried it. It just didn't have the timeline necessary. So they compressed it. They came and said, now what you think? Now your kids are going to die. Well, they've learned. They've learned that people can be bought and people can be threatened. And they've learned how powerful the party is. So like we were saying back then, and we've been saying now for over a year, they are going to begin to push climate lockdowns. And they're already pushing climate censorship. This is a group called Advanced Democracy. Fuzzy Slippers at Legal Insurrection has a great article about this. It's in the podcast notes. USA Today, she writes, reports. This is from USA Today. Climate change falsehoods, hoaxes, and conspiracy theories are so prevalent on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, despite pledges to crack down, the report says. Social media posts and videos denying climate change, distributing disputing its causes or underplaying its effects. Not only can be found on these platforms, there are often missing warning labels or links to credible information, according to Advanced Democracy, a research organization that studies misinformation. Climate scientists say they're frustrated by the lack of progress and stemming the tide of climate change misinformation. It's fascinating. That's 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 so weird because it says it, there's there's actually there's no facts in the article. They don't present a single fact. And then, then there's this. Ryan, um, a Twitter, Ryan um, calls this out. This is in the show notes. Ryan Mao. An email newsletter was published including these facts as well as touting the front page story on the USA Today website, ADI Research Snapshot, January 21, 2022. Except, he writes, this is weird. The same author as this piece produced today wrote nearly the same article seven months ago, again touting exclusive access to a report. And a new report from Advanced Democracy shared exclusively with USA Today. In other words, it's not exclusive. In other words, they're not going to show the report. In other words, it's the same exact technique. So as they say in the article, Legal Insurrection, if you like the COVID censorship, you're going to love the latest climate change censorship push. Same actors, different stage. Media, tech, academia, deep state. What do we hear from the deep state actors? The United States military is committed to fighting climate change. Uh, it is, in fact, our number one um, enemy, uh, domestic uh, enemy. Um, well, it's in competition with white rage. Uh, we are looking, though, at, uh, at uh, transphobia. Uh, coming up uh, close behind is a, a third, uh, but uh, behind about a head. Uh, the competition is clearly between uh, white rage and climate change is the top national security concern in, uh, in the eyes of the national military. Academia, reports for hire. Media, got that. Tech, got that. Is pharma back there somewhere? It's not like they have anything to gain from people being made anxious, believing that they're killing the earth by exhaling. There's nothing that's... This is what they're bringing out. This is the comparison that we can provide from the meeting in D.C. to the, well, that's not really life. I mean, yeah, it has a brain and DNA and a smile, but ah, come on. It, it, it can't even, it, it can't even get Instagram followers without its mom and dad. That's not a, that's not a being to what you don't want injection injected within experimental gene therapy. You're against stopping viruses. It's the same technique. All the way down into this, this, this so-called school board member, Richard Robinson. Now over to here come the censorship so that you can't talk accurately about the weather. And again, I'll say it. It's all because God is allowing it. 
And it changes everything for me when I think of it that way. When I reframe my thinking to a kingdom view and I try to adopt the way that the, the, the Lord may view something like this, it changes everything for me. Let's do that together in a second. Email thing has changed. We got a new provider. They are not political. I don't know their politics. I don't care because they don't care about mine. They just distribute emails in mass. They do it in a way that makes sure we never spam people. They do it in a way that makes sure that we can monitor it and see that we are not bugging people, that we optimize the way we send emails. So we optimize our resources. So you can go to the ToddHermanShow.com. The more people who sign up, the more fun I'm going to have when I take um, the MailChimp people to small claims court because they're not going to show up. They're not going to come to Idaho small claims court. They're going to say, oh, 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 you signed the terms of service. No, I didn't. Nope, I didn't. You impacted my business by impacting someone who works on my business, but not an employee. So you impacted me and my efforts and you've cost me money, but I, I never signed your term of service, MailChimp. So you're going to either come to Idaho and you can't bring a lawyer. It just has to be a chimp versus me in a court. And by the way, I want a small claims case, baby. Lord was with me. So this will give me an opportunity to go to court and say, your honor, our, our, our email list is a valued service to our listeners. So you can go to the ToddHermanShow.com and sign up for that. So everything we've talked about today is anger inducing to me. It's, it's frustrating. It's, it's anxiety causing. It's, it's, it's bothersome. It's all these things. It's un-American. It's all of these things. And then I reframe. And I think of it this way. They used to do this stuff in secret. They've been doing it for decades. Someone somewhere said, the people need to see this. Someone somewhere said, you know, I need to bring some light into the circumstance. The darkness could not overcome it. And as people who follow the Lord and, and Jesus, the Christ, for me, it's so helpful to reframe this backwards. The Lord is showing us that they intend to use the creation of the weather. The fact that climate does change to pretend it's changing only in one direction. And that once again, the freedom to move about the freedom to, to have sustainable food sources of your own, the, the freedom to store rainwater. It's illegal in, in, I think it was, I know it was in Maryland and it is in Seattle to store rainwater. Well, you can't hoard water. What are you talking about? Do you see bottled water companies? Do you see soda companies? Do you see all that tofu sitting in stores that all contains water? What are you talking about? We can't have a rain barrel. Right, that the, the Lord is showing us that this is now this plan to, to shut down your conscience. God Almighty is pro expression. How do I know this? Well, I guess it's supposition in that I'm reading the Bible, I see people speaking to the Lord, praying, sometimes in fact bordering on complaint, definitely going to him in tears and saying, Dear Lord, God, please help me. Asking questions. Why, Father? Why what? That's a God who encourages speech. These authoritarians intend to crush that. And our brain, our conscience is, in my judgment, our bridge between our soul and our intellect to God, his vast, unlimited intellect and our tiny intellects. It's just still a bridge. To recast this, to understand God is allowing this stuff. And then to go back through the Holy Bible and read things like this, it is absolutely changes my view on this. All of a sudden, I'm excited. I'm once again grateful that stuff like this is going on. Job 34, 21 through 25. His eyes are on the ways of mortals. He sees their every step. There's no deep shadow, no utter darkness where evil doers can hide. God has no need to examine people further that they should come before him for judgment. Without inquiry, he shatters the mighty and sets up others in their place. Because he takes note of their deeds, he overthrows them in the night and they're crushed. We have a system to crush peacefully. 
I am aware of vitally the problems with election integrity. I do not trust the results of the 2020 election. I am heartened by the fact that all eyes are on this. I'm heartened by the changes in state laws that are going to change this. I'm terrified by the fact that Kim Wyman, who in my judgment operated undercover as a Democrat for 20 years, at least ideologically, Washington state creator or co-big pusher of terrible, ridiculous election laws is now in D.C., but the Lord has cast light on this. The school board changes happened because God put people like me in the position to tell people what's going on in the school boards. The Lord did that. I had nothing to do with that. The Lord availed me of that knowledge in a very painful way. I grew to have that knowledge. And God uses bad for good. That's Job. Proverbs. This is Proverbs 12, 19 through 23. Truth will last forever. Lies are soon found out. An evil mind is deceitful, but gentle thoughts bring happiness. Good people never have trouble, but troublemakers have more than enough. The Lord hates every liar, but he is the friend of all who can be trusted. Be sensible and don't tell everything you know. Only fools spread foolishness everywhere. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it when I'm accidentally convicted reading on the show. <laughs> Be sensible and don't tell everything you know. Okay, okay, I'm not telling everything I know. There's things you don't want to know about me. Let's admit that. The Bible is showing us, again, that God's known about this stuff forever. My question for the Lord, if I could be on my, on my knees, on my face, and say, Father God, can I ask you a question? And, and if he said, okay. I, I, see, I don't know that the Lord would say, okay, as much as, yes, my son, you may ask. I would say, I mean, there's a lot of questions I would ask him. So let me say, if I could ask him about the news cycle, I'd say, Lord God, in your holy wisdom, what, what, what caused you to determine now is the time to tell, to, to, to bring light to this, to show people what's going on in the cave of, of, of Washington, D.C., dear father? Why, why was that? And I believe that the Lord would say, you, you can't understand. I, I love you and, and you can't understand why I will tell you because I decided, I decided it was time. And I think I would be okay with that. Thank you, Lord. You decided it was time. Are you okay with that? Fantastic note. As we wrap up this hour and next hour, incidentally, you're going to notice a bit of a consistent theme, but much more urgent this same arrogance and ignorance combined, this same learned behavior to hate you. You may think that I stretch the truth or catastrophize when I tell you that they're coming for your children. I'll prove it next hour. They're coming for your children. They are. So as we wrap up this hour, note from Tina. Dearest brother in Christ, I'm in prayer for you. I have a quick question. Do you ever just have fun? Love you. Prayers for you and your family. Tina from Austin, Texas. P.S. It is a foreign country within ours. We're working on it. Thank you, Todd. So, Tina, do I ever just have fun? Not enough. Not enough of the time. I... I'm working on this. And my wife and I have recently recommitted to having more fun. In fact, um, if all works, we're actually going to step inside of a movie theater. <laughs> it's been a long time for that. Too much of the fun that I have is on my own. Um, recently, I've started to do a little bit of, of work with other people in the gym, not just my coach. I've committed to my coach that I'm going to start to join classes, CrossFit classes. And that's fun for me. And, and people can look at that and say, how is that fun? I don't know. It's fun for me. There's a couple of older dudes now that I'm kicking it with at the gym. And I love that. There's a younger guy I like working out with. That's just fun for me. But there are occasions where I just have this accidental fun. I have these, this, this guilty pleasure. And as we wrap up this hour, this is a little bit of a music review. It is a one song wonder. I don't know anything about this band. I never thought I would Jones to hear this, but in my judgment, there are very few reasons ever to do a cover, ever. You have to be, well, let me, like there are bands that could do covers and, and, and own it and make it a good idea. 
the Beatles twist and shout surpasses the Isley brothers in every way. And I'm sorry, that's scientifically fact. The science is settled. In fact, I'm going to, if you, if you disagree, I'm going to mark it as disinformation. So the Beatles twist and shout was far surpassed. Most covers of Bob Dylan songs are better than the Dylan version. And again, I get it. Some people get upset by that. Tom Pet. see, now I'm talking myself out of this. Wait a minute. I started to say there's very few reasons to ever do a cover. But um, the Tom Petty cover of the Thunderclap Newman jam, that was better than Thunderclap Newman's. Come on, that's a fact. Wait a minute. This is wrong. I'm starting to talk myself out. You know who can't do cover songs? John Mellencamp. Oh, my goodness, to save his life. But this is a Sister Sledge song. And to your question, Tina, do I ever have fun? Yeah, my wife and I used to go dancing. And I have a lot of reasons to dislike dancing. I hate bars. I do not like bar creatures. I don't like bar fly dudes. I just about, well, I don't want to get off on a tangent here. But yeah, when songs like this come on, I do have fun. This came on the other day in the gym and I was in the midst of a super hard work. I was very frustrating because I was having old man pains. I had to change what I was doing. And I was feeling down for myself. And then the song came on from Sister Sledge. This is just a masterful remake. They don't change much. Listen to the driving guitar work. The punkification, sort of. Popification. This is a jam right here. Oh, and just the suggestion of the piano. Hear that? Just punking out the melody. I'll shut up now. I'll let the women sing. To Sister Sledge. I mean, seriously, ladies. I know you were from a disco era and all, but that's 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 a baked up, nice, tuned up cover song. And yeah, honestly, Tina and others who are concerned about do I have fun? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I probably shouldn't say this, but the Lord has gifted me with a heel spin when I dance. Phenomenal. Lord gave me a great gift. I can't move very well when I dance. Sometimes my rhythm is flawed, but baby, I can turn and spin on a heel. Act <laughs> nobody's business. Hey, by the way, doesn't that help to think of us as family? I'm just saying. This is the Todd Hermes Show. We appreciate all your support. Telling 10 friends through email, rating us, etc., on the podcast platforms. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and of course, do. Be right with God.